Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's sons also. For thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you, for the Lord shall rule over you. Judges chapter 8, verses 22 through 23. God had called Gideon, a lowly nobody, to lead the people of God into a great victory. God himself would deliver this enemy into their hands. But he needed a spokesman, one who was lowly enough for the people to know that it was truly God that had done this through him. Yet at the victory's end, the people still sought to make an idol out of Gideon. They had begun to put their faith in Gideon. They saw him as the one who had delivered them. Therefore did they ask him to be a king over them. Gideon in wisdom, however, refused to receive the glory for what he knew that God had done through him. But my friend, how often is the church guilty of this? They tell themselves, well, God used this person, so I can just follow him, and that equates to following God. But wait, was it not God that had brought this victory and not Gideon? It was not wisdom for them to attribute this victory to a person because, you see, later Gideon would get arrogant and make some very serious mistakes. So understand what the Holy Spirit is saying today, that unless God had told them to make him their king, then in actuality it was nothing less than an act of unbelief in their true king to seek to follow Gideon into more victories. I have seen this happen time and time again where God used humble, faithful men and women, but then they began to get arrogant and people started following them. They stopped following the Holy Spirit. They stopped crying out to God. They stopped praying. They stopped interceding. They stopped fasting. They stopped praising. They stopped seeking, listening, obeying. They just started following And the blind leading the blind, they all ended up falling into a ditch because that God withdrew himself to prove that it really wasn't them that did it. This victory did not come from Gideon. It came from God. And the people that took part in it ought to have sought to follow God and to make God their king because of it. Then, and only then, but further victories have been assured for them. Now, there are many important things to take away from this very short passage, but the first, I think, and most important is that Gideon was willing to refuse this kingship. He knew that God had decreed that God would be their king. 
They were not supposed to be like other nations who idolized and followed men, but rather they were supposed to seek, serve, and let God rule them. This was God's original intent for Israel and for the church also, the spiritual Israel. We see the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 8. Now understand the entire context of this passage was Jesus rebuking and correcting the Pharisees and the scribes who loved to put themselves as leaders above men, who loved to have people be subservient to them, who loved to have big followings and the validation and accolades and applause of men. In fact, throughout this chapter, when Jesus calls them hypocrites, the word hypocrite literally means actor. He was telling them, you love the applause of men. You love to have trumpets sounded before you. You love to have people come and adore you. You are a hypocrite. You are an actor in the theater. You're trying to be a celebrity. You love notoriety. So that in verse 8, he says to those who had ears to hear, do not be called rabbi. Now understand the word rabbi means teacher. So he was saying, don't put yourself in the place of the teacher, which is the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. It's not wrong to teach in general. We understand that mothers and fathers teach their children. The scripture tells us, let the elder teach the younger. There is a place for teaching. But Jesus was speaking to those who try to put themselves in the place of the Holy Spirit in people's lives to control, to manipulate, to make them depend on them. To make them their source of deliverance, salvation, revelation. And instruction. They lord it over them. They try to take the place of the Holy Spirit. You see, a true man or woman of God will bring people to Jesus. They will help and instruct them in how to seek Him personally, how to hear and understand. They will point out when they're getting off of the narrow path, but they will not try to control them. They will not try to take the place. Of the Holy Spirit, they will not make men dependent. He says, do not seek to be called teacher. For you have one master who is Christ and all of you are brethren. He's saying you're not better than the rest of them. He continues by saying, also, let no man be your father. Now, we understand that we have physical fathers. That's not what he's talking about here. He's actually going through the fullness of God. At first, he said, don't let yourself desire to be men's rabbi. In other words, to take the place of the Holy Spirit in their life. Now he's saying, don't call other men your father. Don't let anyone take the place of God in your life because you already have a father, one father, he which is in heaven. Neither, he says, call any man your master. In other words, don't let them take the place of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And don't you ever try to take the place of Christ in other people's life. They have one king. They have one master. They have to follow the Lord God Almighty, and you have to help them to endure as they do it. Cause them to seek the Lord and not you. He says, don't be called master, for we have but one master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you, he shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself 
shall be exalted. Jesus is speaking a very serious warning while he is surrounded by Pharisees that desire to take control and to be adored by men and to have big followings. He's saying there is already a Holy Spirit. There is already a Father in heaven. There is already a King, a Lord, our Jesus, and they are the ones that we ought to be following. Cause men to look to them. Yes, be obedient. Let him move and breathe through you. Let him speak and preach and teach and have his being through us. Let us be his temple, his ambassadors. Let us do the work of the kingdom, but let us always point to him. Let men see him and not us. Let us cause men to follow him, to grow and to learn how to hear and to know him more intimately, more personally, more perfectly, but let it always be about drawing men to him and not about gathering the masses or stealing glory from him. We cannot take his place. We can't be the head. That's him. He makes the decisions. He is the spiritual husband, and we are all members of the body together. We can't all be the same members. We understand the scriptures. We all have different parts and roles to play. Let each person walk out their own placement with humility and with grace. Because grace is favored power and divine influence. But the Bible tells us very plainly that he gives more of this grace to the humble. So if we want to increase in grace, we must increase in humility. It says that the most feeble parts that we seem to overlook are actually the most honorable. And here he tells us that the most humble are the ones who will be exalted. He is watching. Don't try to take the glory. Going back to the story of Gideon and the people who tried to make a king out of him, understand that he was not the first or the last one they tried to do this with. He was simply one who had enough wisdom to refuse to receive this misplaced faith. This people kept trying to find a man that they could follow, and eventually they ended up getting one that was just like the king's of the world. Saul, the first king in Israel, was harsh and brash and controlling and jealous. God knew that they would not seek him personally and let him directly lead them like they were supposed to. So he would eventually prepare for them a David to lead them. But they were impatient. And did not wait for him. They kept trying to appoint their own king. And it brought them problem after problem. I give props to Gideon for refusing this position. For turning their eyes back to the true king. And their hearts back to waiting on the one that he would send them. In the proper season. Gideon didn't seek their worship or attention. He did not desire for men to follow him or to feel like he was head and shoulders above the masses. As was the description of King Saul who would come after him. But how many people in the body today can say that? That they would refuse glory and attention, position, pomp, and the accolades of men. How many would have the faith to simply do what God says? Let him use them. 
than step back into their proper position and not try to seize a position or perception of leadership over others because of what God had actually done through them. How many would give God the glory and then cause them to seek him personally and not them continually? Sadly, not very many, I'm afraid. Look, the truth is this. If you trust God, you will not be envious, controlling, jealous, impatient. You will not desire attention, notoriety, or validation. Because simply obeying is enough. If you trust God's love, wisdom, and purpose, then you will also trust his timing, his placement, his calling, and his anointing. So my friend, I come to you with this word of encouragement and correction, that whatever season you are in, trust him. If he uses you for greatness, then calls you back into waiting, then trust it. Even Elijah went through this. Don't try to make your own way or follow men, positions, reputation, or the masses. Or you'll end up following Saul instead of waiting on your David. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, we read this, And now thy kingdom, O Saul, shall not continue. For the Lord hath sought him out a man who is after his own heart, which of course was David. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Now you see, this is very interesting. I like the way the Lord gave David the title of captain over his congregation. Because ultimately God still needed to be king. And you see, the problem with all these other men is that they kept assuming lead. They kept telling the people what to do out of their own vain imaginations and their own logic. They were trying to lead them in the flesh, and they were following men, and at times even demons, because of it. But God chose David, a man after his own heart, because David followed after the Lord and sought his heart. God chose to make him a captain. In other words, someone who was a subject unto him. Only then could he trust to allow his congregation to be subject unto them. Someone who would work together with the body and not try to make himself the head over it and take the place of the true authority. You see, God knows the end from the beginning. God knows the heart. He knows what's within. God chooses who he chooses from a place of understanding while we make assumptions from the place of our limited perspective. Faith trusts God and waits with anticipation for the perfection of his plan, will, placement, and timing. While a lack of faith in God and too much faith in self tries to take control and make things happen in your own timing, or else it will follow those who put forth the illusion of being something through self-promotion. Don't self-promote And don't follow those who do. Seek the Lord and let him teach, lead, fill, 
and reveal you. Let him bring you to the right people and the right places in the right seasons. The victories will come when you trust in his kingship. Man will fail. You will fail. However, God never fails, never has, and never will. If he said it, he will do it. Keep praying and seeking and obeying and stop trying to make it happen. Your messes are only slowing down the process. Be patient. Love God in the waiting. Love others and serve faithfully. He knows what he is doing. Keep praising. The promise is coming. But when it does, it will be something far beyond your limited imagining or frail human ability to make it happen. So wait for majesty. Trust in perfection. Praise him in the waiting and keep preparing with joyful anticipation because the real king is coming. God keeps his promises. No matter how impossible it is, even if he has to raise the dead to do it, it's time to be fully persuaded in what he has spoken to you. In Matthew 21, verse 9, we read this. And the multitudes that went before and the ones that followed after him cried, saying, O Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. In the highest, you see, eventually, God gave them the right king. But sadly, many still rejected him and chose to follow the counterfeit of him, an antichrist spirit, because when Jesus was introduced to the high priest as the king of the Jews, they replied by saying, we have no king but Caesar. This is one of the most heartbreaking moments in scripture. That there were those who chose to follow this fleshly man because of a perceived persona of physical power. That he was followed by the armies and accolades of men. When the true king of all authority stood before them who commanded angel armies and was followed by the glory and grandeur of heaven. Oh, give us eyes to see and to believe what you are speaking, that you will send your majesty, but it won't be what the fleshly are expecting. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.